0: Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we're going to be looking at the case of Travellers Insurance Company Limited and XYZ. The citation for this case is 2019 UKSC 48. And at the heart of this case are a significant number of faulty silicone breast implants, but really the proceedings are about what happens when legal insurance does not go far enough. The original claims were brought by 623 women against Transform Medical Group, who had supplied the faulty implants. Fortunately, Transform had insurance cover with the appellants in this case, Travellers Insurance Company Limited, and they funded the whole defence. Unfortunately, the insurance policy only covered the claims of 197 patients whose implants had ruptured within a certain period. This meant that the remaining 426 claimants were in a position where they had obtained a judgment against the now insolvent Transform Medical Group, but could not recover any damages or even costs. These proceedings are an attempt by those 426 women, who are known as XYZ for the purposes of this case, to at least get Traveller's insurance to pay their costs if Transform were unable to do so. Both the High Court and the Court of Appeal found in favour of the women and ordered travellers to pay their costs, but before that could happen, the insurance company had one final roll of the dice as they made an appeal to the Supreme Court, which is where we pick things up. Before we do completely dive into the judgement, it is worth clarifying one term first of all which we will be using throughout, and that is third party, specifically in relation to travellers. You see, the claimants were actually suing Transform, and so travellers are only a third party to this case, with no direct involvement. This decision is all about the extent to which a non-party can be liable in a civil claim. The important starting point is that there is precedent for this, and the concept does have a basis in law. Section 51 of the Senior Courts Act 1981 gives a general power to the courts to make a costs order against non-parties. This often comes up in the context of legal liability insurers, and so one of the things that was emphasised throughout the judgement was that there needs to be a good amount of certainty so that insurers can continue to operate with confidence in this area. In order to achieve this certainty, there are two key questions that the courts will ask in these types of cases. Firstly, whether the third party took control of the litigation and essentially became the real defendant in the case. The second question is whether the third party took part in what is referred to as unjustified intermeddling. Thinking about the real defendant first of all, the idea here is that although Transform are the defendants to the claim, it is Travellers who actually stepped in and became the real defendants. This principle is discussed further in TGA Chapman Limited and Christopher from 1998, but we don't really need to go into it because this only really applies where part of a claim falls outside of the limits of cover, whereas here it is that the claims of the 426 women are completely uninsured. Instead, we move on to the second question, which asks whether travelers became involved in unjustified intermeddling. But given that we have already established that this is an area of the law where we are after certainty, this does seem like a rather vague concept. Fortunately, legal liability insurers work under a contract and so generally if they have stuck to the contract, then they won't be seen to have intermeddled. On the other hand, if they have gone outside of the contract and there is a causative link between the involvement of the insurer and the costs incurred by the claimants, then a cost order can be made under section 51 of the Senior Courts Act. Whether or not travellers cross this line into unjustified intermeddling depends on how you see their conduct throughout the proceedings and a number of different incidents were picked out by the Supreme Court to analyze in further detail. First was the fact that the legal team from travellers advised Transform not to disclose the limits of their insurance coverage to the claimants. Such a withholding of information certainly appears to meet the definition of intermeddling, but unfortunately for the claimants, the law does not actually require this information to be disclosed, and so travellers were well within their rights to proffer this advice to Transform. The second incident sort of relates to the first as it involves travellers being involved in the decision by Transform, not to make any admissions or offers of settlement to the claimants that were not covered by the insurance. Once again, this does give an initial impression of intermeddling in the case beyond the insurance contract, but the Supreme Court was inclined to believe that this could be justified as travellers merely protecting their own interests. In any case, there would not be any causal link between this decision and any financial costs incurred by the claimants, because by this point the claimants had made it clear that they were not willing to settle. Thus, a costs order under Section 51 could not be justified as a result of this incident. Finally, the course of conduct that the Court of Appeal focused on was the imbalance between the two parties, if they were forced to try and claim costs, we have already seen what a struggle it has been for the claimants. But if Transform had won, then they wouldn't have had anything like the same difficulties. The problem is that while this is unfair, it is not really anything to do with travellers, and certainly doesn't come about because of their intermeddling. If anything was to blame, then it was that Transform ended up insolvent and were largely uninsured for the most part. Overall, then-travellers had maintained a genuine and legitimate interest in the defence of Transform, and their various actions were not enough to amount to intermeddling, per the second part of the test. When it comes to us thinking about how good a judgement this is, the real test is how much certainty it creates in this area of the law. Of course this cannot come at the cost of doing justice, but it is not as if those two aims are mutually exclusive either. In this case, it is the women who lost out, and that certainly doesn't seem to be very fair. It is somewhat misleading to describe these implants as merely faulty, because they were in fact downright dangerous. There was a significant risk that they would rupture or leak, and there were even cases reported where the toxicity of the implants had caused breast cancer. It was a major scandal at the time, and it is devastating to think that these women were not able to truly get the compensation that they deserve. On the other hand that doesn't automatically mean that Traveller's insurance are in the wrong and they should be the ones who have to pay up. After all the reason that the original claim was brought against Transform is because they were the ones who were negligent and the manufacturer had already gone out of business in 2011. The twin issues of Transform not taking out proper insurance and then becoming insolvent themselves are what cost the claimants in the end but Clearly neither of those can really be said to be the responsibility of the insurance company. If they had interfered or did something to avoid their own liability, then this would be a different story, and it is for circumstances like this that we have section 51 that creates the possibility of third-party costs orders. To apply it here though would be a bit harsh on the insurers and would set a bad precedent. It is true that they have not acted perfectly, or with complete transparency throughout this whole affair, but then they have also not gone out of their way to deny the claimants what they are owed either. All in all, this is not a very satisfying result, but I think this speaks to gaps in law more than it being a bad decision per se. For a start, the fact that Transform did not have complete insurance to cover all of the claimants is a real tragedy, and sets this whole sorry state of affairs in motion, Changing the law in this area would have resolved the whole case much sooner, and with presumably a happier result to boot. There are other problems with the way that the insurance law operates as well though. We already noted earlier on that the limits of the insurance coverage did not have to be disclosed to the claimants, and while that might currently be legal, it is also clearly a form of dishonesty by omission that probably ought to be remedied. Finally, if the overall aim is to have certainty in the law, then it doesn't feel like this is being achieved at the moment. The key concepts that are used in the test, such as intermeddling, are not really nailed down, and while the contract between the insurer and the insuree is a useful starting point for working this out, it is not something that could or should be applied strictly. It is hard to know whether changes should come from the legislation itself, or the development of associated case law. Furthermore, there is an open question about whether the definitions should be broadened or narrowed. Overall, I think that this was a chance for the Supreme Court to really shape the law in this area, and while they made a start in this case and gave some much-needed relief to the insurance industry, their decision didn't really go far enough and left a lot of questions unanswered. Well, thank you very much for tuning into this edition of the UK Law Weekly podcast, and thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the theme music. Just a reminder that if you do get the opportunity to leave a review or a rating on Apple Podcasts, then that is always very much appreciated. Uh, special shout out this week to Matano, who gave a five star review of the podcast. So very much appreciated. And if you want your name read out on the podcast, then do be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. I'll be back with another case next week. But for now, bye. bye.